What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Storytime with Uncle Reddit. My name's John, and this is r slash Tales from Tech Support. Been doing pretty good keeping on track with the videos this last couple weeks, and uh, yesterday I went to do a malicious compliance video, and the pickings were a little slim. Uh, so we tried something a little different and did an episode of Am I the A-Hole? I uh, usually try to stay away from some of those stories and those topics because they can get really sensitive, and I just don't want to get too awful deep into certain subjects. So as long as I can pick and choose the stories I want to read over there, then yeah, we'll we'll give it a shot. See what you think. Hop on over there. Check it out. I give my opinion for whatever it's worth. All two cents of it. And uh, same thing for today's Tales from Tech Sport. Pickings were a little slim. It's kind of a slow Thursday for the Tech Sport stories, I guess. So I did a couple of newer ones and a couple of older ones that I don't think I've read before. Uh, some of them have got a little age to them. So I'm hoping that maybe they're something that I've never touched on before. If I did, it's been a long, long time. So, and of course, <laughs> with my memory being what it is, who would know? I could probably tell the same story every week and forget that I said it the week before. But anyway, all right, let's do some tech support. No, this isn't Star Trek. You can't download solid matter. I was doing over the phone tech support for a computer vendor. A woman calls in about a computer she had bought used at Goodwill because she's unable to connect to Wi-Fi. Ethernet's not an option because the computer and router are in different rooms. It's a desktop, and I explained that desktops often do not come with a Wi-Fi adapter. I checked the original specs on our website and confirmed that it did not have a Wi-Fi adapter. I then walked her through checking the device manager in case an adapter was added later and confirmed the same results. I told her that it does not have a Wi-Fi adapter, and so in her infinite brilliance she asks, Can I download it? So, listen, most people don't understand the difference between their monitor and their PC tower. They're damn sure not going to understand the difference between many software and hardware applications, so it is what it is. But it is funny that she asked that question. Uh, no, you, you can't download it. It's something you have to physically buy and plug in, maybe even take your case apart and install it that way. They do have USB Wi-Fi adapters. I'm not sure any of them are actually worth anything. I'm not even sure I'd try to use one for checking email, honestly, but maybe with a little luck she'll find a friend that knows uh, PC stuff that can help her out. New remote user was never given initial Windows password. I'm not an official sysadmin, but in my help desk role, we can reset Windows AD passwords. However, one department uses an automated script to create new passwords. Those techs use a private Teams chat if they need to share passwords. In today's case, a new remote user never received the initial password. Our initial setup does not include a password viewer like ADSI. The PC was expecting the original password, even when the password was reset and the user connected to the internet and tried the new password. The user was typing in the user ID correctly, and the domain was already correct. His account was enabled and not locked out, and he's on the correct assigned company hardware. To clarify, reset the user's password, but the new password won't work if the PC is expecting the original password. This is a remote user who's stuck on the Windows login screen. He can connect the PC to the internet from that screen, but the new password still didn't work. This is a problem in this configuration for new remote users in Windows Active Directory that some might not be familiar with. There's no VPN on login setup in this case, so short of the user coming into the office, the only way to get the user into Windows is to know the original password and reset it to that. Since the user's in a different department and I can't reach the original tech nor see the script, there's no way for me to see the original password at all. I couldn't reach the original tech that set up the new PC, who should be able to remote in if the user's online, but stuck on the Windows logon screen. The other techs only have remote tools that work after login. The techs tried to revert and test the original login, but got the wrong password error, even though they were typing in the exact password that they saw. 
Five different techs looked at the issue and couldn't figure it out. We were about to have the user come into the office when someone saw that the automated script used lowercase L's and uppercase I letters in new passwords. When you use a sans serif font, those characters look exactly the same. Try typing the word illusion into teams with a capital I and lowercase L's and see what it looks like. The user was dead in the water for two whole business days and many techs spent a lot of work time on a simple issue. We had a good laugh about it and I will ask if we can use ADSI. I only learned about it today. I know that my post title is hyperbolic and stuff like this happens all the time. I get that an auto script isn't really an AI. However, I also feel like these tools are supposed to make our lives easier, not harder. All this tech and I feel like some of us are going backwards. In this case, no human techs were assigned to create non-confusing passwords because the script saves time and money. If Skynet wants to confuse the human race, all it needs is a shitty font. I've run into this in a few places, not with passwords necessarily, some of those passwords, but you know, I, I go to read certain things online and somebody chooses a font where, like you said, I's and L's and certain certain fonts are just so hard to read that it gets confusing. Now let's add the fact that passwords are 99.9% .9 case sensitive and usually need special characters, numbers, and everything else, which is good. It's, it's secure. But yeah, if you've got some kind of program or software that's automatically assigning these things and it's a terrible font to begin with, then uh, yeah, that definitely doesn't make lives easier at all. The hug heard around the company. I was thrust a laptop by an angry exec early this morning with him complaining that his laptop had locked up again. Normally we have a ticketing system in place for any and all tech issues. However, when an executive wants something, he bypasses the system because of RHIP. Oh dear God, I gotta look this up. RHIP. Oh, RHIP means rank has its privilege. So I go through the normal routine of diagnosis and through my efforts, I see that the issue is simply bad RAM. I replace the RAM and take the unit back to the executive. He tells me he refuses to take the unit unless I have made 100% sure that everything that was wrong with it is fixed. Internally, I wanted to punch this man, but I held it in and simply asked him what other issues he was having and pulled out a notepad. He ran through a load of issues that all screamed, just run FNC cleaner to me, and I took his unit back to my desk. After going through and cleaning out BS installed programs used literally once and never again, and cleaning out junk data, I found that a folder in his roaming was reading 12 gigabytes, but was hidden. I log in with my creds and enable viewing hidden or protected files, and I see that the hidden folder was from 2014. Basically, it was just a bunch of pictures and looked to be a temp folder created by one of the old programs I removed, some kind of picture manager or some such. Normally, when we see personal pictures on the machine, we're supposed to delete them immediately. Now, no one ever does this, as we're not that big of dicks in the IT department. Plus, this guy was an executive, so I decided to just move the pictures to his desktop under a folder I created called Old Pics. I took the laptop to him and informed him of the pics, telling him I left it up to him if he wanted them deleted or not. He thanked me for my time, and I went back to work. About an hour later, him and his wife, who had come up to join him for lunch, came over to my desk. He seemed very happy, and she was crying. Now, normally when I have nothing to do and a boss comes over, I stand up to greet them. Just the way I was raised, I guess. I wasn't prepared for what followed and was totally shocked by the outcome. The lady wanted to thank me for finding the pictures and the executive reached out to shake my hand, thanking me profusely before pulling me into a hug in front of the entire IT department. I awkwardly hugged him back and he let me go, embarrassed. My eyes are wide, flabbergasted and totally unprepared for this, extremely out of character moment from this guy. Barely able to hold back the tears, his wife tells me that the pictures I recovered were thought to be lost. In 2014, their four-year-old son had died of leukemia, and the pictures I recovered were taken right before his diagnosis at three years of age. Because of a house fire a few years ago, they thought they lost every last photo of their son. Apparently, those were photos I had recovered. 
His wife reached out to hug me, and everyone in the IT department stared at their screens hard with puffy eyes as we're all not expecting this kind of emotional event today. My boss came out of his office to personally thank me and forwarded an email chain to me ahead of a company-wide email that the CEO sent out, basically retelling the tale while naming me personally. He threw in words about striving for excellence and the unexpected results of everyday excellence. I had to turn off my Skype for business as the attaboys kept coming in one after the other. My boss told me to take my lunch early since the flood of messages was making it hard to do my job. Now see, for me, that would have been a tough call when cleaning stuff out, especially when the executive was being kind of a jerk. Policy is you delete all of the excess crap that's personal and don't tell anybody, don't worry about it. It's not supposed to be there, but you made a judgment call and you called it right. Uh, not only did it look good on you and your job, but you actually helped two parents, two human beings to be able to recover a little bit of those memories from their child that they lost. So, yeah, that's uh, good on you, man. I mean, there's a lot of people that would have, like you said, just deleted it without even thinking twice. And nobody would have ever been the wiser. It wouldn't have been like, you know, wouldn't have been like something they could turn on you and say, oh, he did that on purpose, you know. So, yeah, that's uh, that's freaky, man. I guess you had a 50-50 shot, huh? Good for you, man. This one's a simple one, but I can't get it out of my head. I work in a store that offers technical support for consumer-level technology. I almost couldn't say that word. A few days ago, I had an elderly gentleman that we'll call Pete, name changed for privacy. Our receptionist made him a walk-in appointment earlier that day, and I ended up taking it. When I opened it all up, the only notes I saw were third-party software, hard of hearing. I walked up to Pete and greeted him, saw that he was staring at my lips as to read them. Then I asked if he knew American Sign Language, ASL. I've been trying to learn ASL as it's sort of a side hobby for a few months now. Pete signs yes and we continue the conversation in sign. Turns out the issue is with Skype which keeps crashing on his roughly 5 year old tablet and he's been having difficulty video calling his wife who is deaf. She lives in a different continent. She traveled there for a temporary work opportunity and would be there for 2 years. This being the midway point, it's now been 1 year since Pete's seen his wife. Skype is the only way they both know how to communicate efficiently long distance, as neither are comfortable with email or other text-based services. As I go through verifying that he knows his password and making sure there's a backup of his device, Pete and I are signing back and forth and his face was completely lit up. It felt so good to be able to, albeit slowly, speak with him in his language and give him the time he deserved, even if his reason for visiting us had little to do with our physical product. Once everything was verified and backed up, I uninstalled Skype and reinstalled it. Had Pete sign in and use Skype's test call to ensure it wouldn't crash, as it would immediately upon call creation before. Test call went through fine. Sweet. I looked down to write a few extra notes and began to hear some coughs. I looked up and there was Pete, crying while waving to his wife through Skype. Pete called her and she picked up. He introduced me to her and told me that it had been three weeks since they'd heard from each other. I stepped away to give him a moment alone. It's moments like these that keep me going as a technician. Even though I barely touched Pete's tablet, Fixing it made me feel like a hero. It's been a few days and I can still see his smile. Just thought I'd share. Thanks for reading. Oh my god, I don't know if you can hear that. The husky in the house, Dolly, losing her mind. I think she's waiting to be fed. <laughs> but sometimes even after she's been fed, she'll still do that. She wants somebody to give her some kind of attention of some sort. The rest of the time she just sits on the couch ignoring everybody and drooling. So who knows. Anyway, OP. Another story here where somebody does something fairly simple for somebody without even knowing the impact that they're actually making. This guy and his wife couldn't communicate for over three weeks. Well, they could have, I guess, if they trusted email and stuff, but basically they couldn't really communicate well for three weeks. And uh, 
yeah, good on you, man. It's not like they could just pick up the phone and do a simple phone call. So Skype was really the only truly personal way for them to actually interact with each other. So good on you, man. That was all right. I tried learning sign once. I, You know, when I worked for the Board of Ed under special ed, uh, I was charged as a one-on-one assistant to an autistic high school student. And uh, he liked analytical things like that, puzzles. And we both liked puzzles, quite honestly. And I try to look at a lot of projects that I do as puzzles. That's why I always liked carpentry, you know, how to put things together and make them work. Sign language is sort of like that. I mean, it's already designed. You don't, I don't have to design anything, but just the learning part of it. Like when we tried to teach each other HTML, that that was, he got it. He got it fast. Me, I'm a little slow on that, but the sign language I picked up on fairly decently. Uh, I've forgotten more than I ever learned, but, uh, yeah. It was cool. And it's always nice to be able to have a second language of some sort to be able to fall back on. It It helps you with your resume. It helps people out in general. So, nice little story. When the drive for a new iPhone is too great, you get fired. I work as an executive support technician for a large company. I have a team of eight people under me and we support high-ranking executives and their administrative assistants. Because of the nature of our work, we have the ability to get things done that the standard help desk cannot. We can force upgrades that would otherwise be denied, get things expedited, skip the normal procedures, and talk directly with the people who fix the issues. While we are executive support, there are still levels. When the CEO is in town, one of us is camped outside of wherever he might be in case there's any sort of issue. For lower people, we make sure things get done as quick as possible, but it's not a drop-everything situation. As we prepped for the releases of the new iPhones, we braced for the flood of, I need this, that inevitably happens. We slide in orders immediately for the top of the pyramid guys and then work our way down, replacing or sometimes having to tell them that they have to wait because the device they have is too new to warrant replacing. So on Monday, the EA of Lower End Exec put in a request to get both herself and the exec new 256 gig iPhone Xs. The executive was put on the approval list with a wait, but the EA was denied. She had just been issued an iPhone 7 a few months ago and began to raise hell about, I have to support him so I need to have the exact same phone, etc. Still denied. On Tuesday, I get a ticket from the EA iPhone will not turn on. I require a replacement with attached ticket for iPhone X request. I send one of my drones out to investigate and I immediately get a text saying I have to get out there. (laughs) I get out there and the phone is wet. Not just wet, but dripping wet. Like just pulled out of a glass of water wet with a screen that could only be called heavily cracked. The EA states, I was using it and it fell into my water bottle. So we take the phone back to our area and I've called my manager over and we explain it. It's obvious what's happened. We've toweled it off. And when we turn it over, water drizzles out of the cracked screen. Well, as luck would have it, we have spares. So I pluck a nice 64 gig rose gold iPhone 6S that was returned when the previous owner departed the company. I call and have the SIM reprovisioned. I reassign the phone in AirWatch and I have the phone returned to the EA. 10 minutes later, said EA is at our door ranting, screaming, saying that she can't work like this. She needs a new phone and if we don't give it to her, executive will make us give her one. I step in and tell her a permanent replacement is just beginning the process. We've had to issue you this phone as a loaner so you can continue working until a permanent replacement is sourced. Q Wednesday. The approval process has come back denied for her replacement. The loaner phone is now her permanent phone. This info is relayed to the EA who is fuming. Lots of executive will hear about this and statements of I can't believe this is happening to me. How will I work? Wednesday afternoon. Same EA. New ticket. iPhone broken. Need replacement. I head out myself to see the issue and the phone looks like it was dragged behind a semi-truck for about 100 miles. The screen is shattered, a big chunk missing out of the top near the camera, big dents in the back. I calmly ask, what happened? This phone was perfect this morning. The reply? 
Well, since you gave me an old phone, my case didn't fit and it slipped out of my hands and fell down the stairs. Well, okay, could you tell me when and what stairwell this happened? She does. And I take the mangled phone, I grab my manager and we head off to the security office and we pull up the tapes. On the video, we see the EA walking up the stairwell. Concrete stairs, metal handrail, your typical big building non-public stairwell. She reaches the top and proceeds to fling the phone like one would skip a stone, down from the 6th floor to the mid-floor landing where it lands. She steps on it and then kicks it down to the 5th floor. It bangs off the metal fire door and she picks it up, examines it, and then tosses it down the stairs towards the 4th floor, bouncing off a few steps before landing on the mid-landing between 5 and 4. She picks the device up and pries a large section of something off the phone. We suspect this was the chunk missing by the camera and then heads back up the stairs, running the phone against the center block wall as she climbs. So we grab a copy of the video. We head straight to H- We head straight to HR. We sit with the personnel director. We show her the video. We show her the two damaged iPhones. We show her the tickets. I relay the abuse thrown to myself in my text about how she demands an iPhone X and is taken to destroying company property to get it. Termination follows. However, the user has gone home for the day. Her accounts are disabled. Her security badge flagged. 7.30 a.m. today, the EA attempts to get into the building and her badge doesn't work, so she has to walk to the security office. The security officer takes the badge and walks her to HR. 8 a.m., the security officer and two members of HR are escorting the EA out of the building. She's alternating between yelling and crying, demanding that executive be called and that she's being framed. As she's brought through the main foyer, I'm on the second floor balcony that overlooks the entrance. She looks up at me, curses me, and is gone. Both phones, her laptop, and other equipment have been placed with the legal team as a precaution. Company policy when there's a messy separation. Maybe I'll buy my team a pizza for lunch today. Seems like the right thing to do. <laughs> this is a funny story. I, I may have read this one at one time, but I don't remember if I actually read this one or a variation of it. But uh, imagine the sense of entitlement this person must have had to actually think that they're going to be able to destroy a phone and get a new one. Back in the day, Craftsman Tools, when they were sold through Sears... They used to have a lifetime warranty, hand tools, you know, uh, hand saws, a hammer, tape measure, speed squares, regular squares, hand tools. Anyway, guy on the job site, his tape measure would, you know, start wearing out. The spring inside would get a little weak or something or whatever. Or maybe it got a little crimp in the tape, so it's harder to, you know, stretch out, hook onto something to take a measurement, things like that. So at the end of the day, they would set it on top of a plank on the saw horses, take a hammer, smash it take the pieces, collect them up, and run back to Sears that evening, get a replacement tape measure for free, and then they'd be set for a while. Uh, I don't really condone that type of behavior, but it did happen. This assistant, I guess, thought that th their system under tech support was going to work the same way, especially since she worked for an executive directly. Guess you're going to learn today. <laughs> All right, guys, thanks for sharing a little bit of your day with me today. I hope you enjoyed these stories, and if you did, do me a favor. Give me a like down below, leave a comment, and if you're on the podcast format listening, uh, if you're on Spotify at least, I think you can leave a review, and uh, you can even leave a little comment to the little generic question that I put up down there, like, what did you think about today's story and whatever. I like hearing from you guys, so, you know, it lets me know if I'm on the right track, if I'm reading stories that y'all like, uh, if there's something you want to see different, you know, that maybe I can try in the future. So, yeah. All right, till the next one, we'll see you.